Oh, is that a Bitcoin shirt? Yeah. Oh shit. Bitcoin, baby, let's go. Nice. I got two Bitcoin shirts and a Polygon shirt. Uh, coming to mail yesterday. Welcome back to a Modern Man podcast. I'm your host, JD Farrell, and I'm gonna keep the intro a little short and simple today because I got a long one for you. I got Brendan Easter coming on. He we was on previously, and we had just some just some terrible audio, so we got him. With a little more clear audio and giving them information on crypto. It's kind of a short overview of what the consumer should know about the crypto market. So, yeah, we're going to jump right in. And here's Brendan Easter. All right, today, so happy to have Brendan Easter back. Last time, had a little shitty audio. And most of the great information he gave us got cut out. So... So happy to have you back, Brendan. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. I think the Zoom setup will be a little bit better audio-wise and everything, too, like you were saying. So hopefully we can get all this information out to everybody that needs to hear it. <laughs> yeah, because this is this is the information you need. We're doing this for you, people, all right? That is true. And then excited, of course, Brendan will be eventually launching an official crypto pod. So yeah, I'm going to have him for a while, and then he's going to go a little solo. Hell yeah. All right. So first question I got for you. All right. We didn't get all into it, but tell me about the crypto market. Like who are the biggest players right now in the crypto market? So a good way to kind of figure all that out is going to like coinmarketcap.com or going into coingecko.com. Now these are websites that are going to track the prices of all of the market itself. So when you pull up a, something like that, it's going to go, it'll show you um, at the very, on the homepage, it'll show you how many coins they have listed. They'll show you how many exchanges, where you, which is where you can buy the coins. Um, market cap of the whole crypto market. Uh, and right now we're sitting at about 1.6 trillion, 1.6 trillion. Yep. Um, and it shows you the daily volume kind of on the, it shows you the daily volume mean like that's being traded. Um, you know, right now we're at 115 billion um, trailing daily volume traded in a wow. 1.6 trillion dollar uh, market. Um, Bitcoin dominance and um, it'll also show you Ethereum dominance. And what that means is the percentage of the market cap that Bitcoin and Ethereum hold. Uh, so what I was saying is um, you can see Bitcoin dominance, ETH dominance, and then ETH gas fees, and then ETH gas fees is what. Um, it costs to transact over the Ethereum network. Um, and then Bitcoin dominance um, is at 44% right now with ETH at 17%. So they hold over 50% of the entire 1.6 trillion market cap. Wow. So um, the first movers in the space, obviously Bitcoin's been around 12 years and then Ethereum's coming up on its sixth birthday. So it's only been here um, you know, about five and a half years, even after Bitcoin's inception. Um, so as you scroll down, though, you start to see the top, you know, top 10, you know, if you look at the top 10 right now. So if I'm scrolling through it, I see uh, BND, which is Binance uh, Coin. Um, this is uh, one of the largest exchange. It is the largest exchange worldwide. So Binance, um, they have a Binance.com US, like for here, Binance.us for the US residents, but they offer a lot of different things on their platform, i.e. leverage trading, margin trading on their normal platform, which is not technically allowed um, in the States. Um, so there's ways around that VPNs, things like that, that you can do and get on Binance account. I'm not suggesting that for anybody's as, uh, but you're personal, you personally can't get in trouble for using Binance. Binance gets in trouble for allowing you to use it. So if there was okay. ever anything that were to ever come up, you're not gonna be in trouble as the investor, as the, as the customer, um, because they're the ones that are, they basically, uh, SEC says can't do this in America. So if we can get around it with a VPN, then there's nothing they can really do. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but Binance is number four, um, and it's so and its market cap is 1.6 uh, billion. Uh, next up is Ethereum at 24 billion, and and then oh sorry, that's the I was looking at the volumes. I apologize. Yeah, I was like those uh, numbers. Market cap, market cap uh, for BND is uh, 53 billion. And okay. then after that, you go to Ethereum, it's all the way up to 282. And then uh, Bitcoin is at 728. And those are billions. Um, so that's kind of where you can see where it's uh, kind of the market's at right now. 
And then as you keep scrolling down, you see ADA. Now that stands for ADA, which is the token for the Cardano network. Charles Hopkins is a um, computer science researcher, and he was the, one of the lead developers uh, that started Ethereum with Vitalik Buterin, who is still head of the Ethereum Foundation. He's still really involved in Ethereum and making sure that uh, it can upgrade and scale and all of that uh, stuff. And then you had Gavin Wood and Charles Hopkins. Now, both Gavin Wood and Hopkins left Ethereum. Gavin Woods went on to create Polkadot. And um, Car and then Charles Hopkins went on to create Cardano. Um, so both of those are in the top 10, ADA and uh, Dot. Dot's nine and uh, Cardano is five. Um, and then in between those, you have XRP and Dogecoin. Um, at this point, with Dogecoin being at a 40 billion, yeah, with the, at this point with Dogecoin being in the top 10 and being at a $40 billion market cap and maintaining this level, honestly, it's here for this bull run to stay, I think. I don't think we're going to see a super major drop. Now, once again, not financial advice, just kind of where I'm seeing the market um, trend. Yeah. Like normally and back in the past, you know, Dogecoin would pump and dump immediately. It was just a few whales running around, but now it looks like the community itself has grown with a lot of smaller players, especially meme uh, Wall Street bets people. So like your meme stock people, people who are really big into GME and really big in the AMC craze that's been going on are kind of going towards these meme coins, um, okay. you know, and Doge is obviously that first mover advantage in that sector. Um, it's been around since I think 2012, if I'm not mistaken, um, oh, wow. as a, created as a joke, as a, as a literal meme coin. It was supposed to, this girl wanted to say doggy, but she said, Do she spelt it doji or doge. And so. It was, became this crazy meme. It's a Shiba Emu dog. And so it just, like, it just blew up, broke the internet. And then here we are. So we do have that one in the top 10. Um, once again, not financial advice, but I personally stay away from Doge because it has zero, in my opinion, zero utility. There's nothing being built on top of the software. They're not trying to upgrade it really, um, things of that nature. So once again, do your own research. Always be researching on your coins um, or in, on your investments. Um, and that's then, like you described these utility. Most of the things in the top 10 are all Coinbase that you like coins that you mine for. Uh, no, no. So ones that you mine for. So there's a difference between mining and um, so the, the two different uh, systems right now is uh, okay. the two major systems of, of, of a blockchain are going to be uh, proof of work, which is Bitcoin and Ethereum as of right now. Proof of work is the mining. It's a yeah. computer solving complicated math problems to mine blocks that create the blocks um, from competing with the other computers to, to basically beat a high probable math problem or a highly complicated math problem. Um, and then whenever that miner gets it, then we're good to go. Um, and then proof of work, and then there's proof of stake, POS. Uh, so with the so with uh, proof of work is the mining and then proof of stake is different. So what proof of stake does is it takes um, the validator nodes, and they basically just run, you could run them on, on a lot more energy efficient and a lot uh, smaller computer uh, power, okay. smaller GPU, smaller graphic, things of that nature, where you don't need these big high ASIC miners to take up a lot of energy. So that's what Ethereum is trying uh, to upgrade. Ethereum 2.0, we've been hearing it for a while, been hearing it for years, but Ethereum 2.0 is them basically moving their whole blockchain over to a proof of stake system. And the way that the proof of stake system is going to, the way that, that it works is that you have to stake your coins. Um, so 32 Ethereum is needed uh, to do that on the Ethereum 2 network. So what's that done? once that's done, those are locked up forever on the Ethereum network. So it takes supply away. One thing, circulating supply is dropped because you don't, those aren't on the market to be sold anymore. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it also rewards you. So the way the miners get uh, paid, basically, they, they obviously they can sell the token that they make um, on the market to make money, but they also make transactions. So every time there's a transaction on the market, when you're um, there, there's a fee associated with that transaction. <clears throat> Sorry, there's a fee associated with that transaction. Well, miners get paid a portion of that fee if they're the ones mining that block. Um, so they get so whenever you do have a fee of that it's paid out in Bitcoin or paid out in Ethereum, um, you know those that's what's happening is you're actually paying these miners to mine your block to mine your transaction. That's yeah. um, much like uh, our current system where you know um, you know Visa charges 
people, MasterCard charge people. Uh, usually, it's the um, the it's usually the merchant. Yeah, MasterCard for that transaction. Um, so it's very similar in that respect, except as of right now, with proof of work, it's a it's a lot more expensive. Um, however, uh, for Bitcoin, the Lightning Network fixes this, um, and that is basically. A really technical. I would say for for what we're discussing today, we don't really need to get into the Lightning Network except go and look it up. I would highly suggest people, if they are interested, to see how Bitcoin is scaling. The Lightning Network is one, especially if they're a developer, a programmer, or a computer uh, person, they will definitely uh, find that very interesting. Um, maybe for the average investor, it's not as important, um, but it it is scaling. Um, so, and the way ETH wants to scale is by moving to a proof of stake, meaning that those 32 Ethereum you lock on the network, you get paid out in fees. Right now, it's the uh, same thing with Cardano. If you stake on yeah. Cardano's network, you're getting paid out percentage. Well, those percentages, you can withdraw. They actually go directly into your wallet, um, your crypto nice. wallet. Yeah. So you can, you're basically making a passive income, if you will. Okay. And right now, we're looking at 5% um, yearly. Um, so, I mean, that right there, if you have a decent nest egg, is putting your money to work for you, you're going to get 5%. And then you could actually sell those coins that you're getting as passive income if you wanted to sell it back into fiat, which most people will not do um, that are validating, unless they absolutely have to, unless they're trying to pay for their stuff. You know, some sometimes like, you know, miners obviously sell because they have to pay their electricity bills. They have to pay their employees. I mean, um, and depending on if the company pays their employees like a normal company would pay them and, and fiat cash money um, direct deposited to their bank, then obviously they do you know, have to sell some of their tokens here and there to, to you know, keep up with their business model. Um, but other than that, I say, so basically what we're talking about the big players in the game, Bitcoin, Ethereum, first movers, definitely strong investments, in my opinion. I think these are long-term. Um, I would say not even throughout this next, uh, the second run of this bull run, um, not only would I say that they're a good investment for that, um, but also in the long-term, five to 10-year play. For Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, especially if Ethereum can scale. Um, now, with uh, once you start going to the lower ones, but I would even say Cardano and Polkadot, the other two we talked about that were from the founders of yeah. Ethereum, I think those two are also good uh, long-term plays as well um, because I think that the technology behind them are going to be uh, is going to be used in the future, and the communities behind them are very very strong as well. Do you like yeah. Ethereum or Ethereum 2.0 better, or are they the same investment? So they're the same investment. So you want to stay okay. away from anything else that says Ethereum, except for the one that's number two on Coin Market Cap. It's ticker okay. symbol ETH only. So that is Ethereum. There's Ethereum Classic, um, and that was basically back. There was an issue, so they decided to fork Ethereum away. Vitalik said, "Hey, we have to fork." There was a there was a problem basically with the network. Well, some of the miners didn't want to leave and try and start the new one. So all most miners migrated over to the new block chain. Uh, it's called a fork. So if you know, think of a fork in the road, you're forking off yeah. a fork in the timeline, you know, uh, but you're forking off. And then the ones who stayed behind are still mining Ethereum Classic. However, Ethereum Classic, nobody uses it. There's no developers that are building applications on it there's um there's really no use case for it. it's still around it's still here people see it they mistake it they see it in robin hood or they see it in something else and they think it's regular ethereum you know what i mean um so but with these two so with this one it actually will never change the the coin itself will migrate over as well so it won't really be a super it won't really be a fork where you have to change out your ethereum that you have now for ethereum 2 um yeah. it'll basically just migrate completely over uh once okay. they um, and then uh, right now, though, there. So before Ethereum um, scales, there's actually uh, solutions for that called Layer Two solutions. Um, now, the most popular right now is Polygon Matic Network. I talked briefly about it last time. I don't know if we got that, and I can't remember. Um, but it's um, it's solving that scalability issue. So right now with Ethereum, when the network's backed up and congested, you're paying hundreds of dollars for transactions. Uh, it's it's nobody can do that. It's not sustainable yeah. by any stretch, unless you're a big whale in the market. Mm -hmm. so last summer was called DeFi summer, decentralized finance summer is what they called it because it was crazy gains, tokens going up thousands of percent within days. Um, you know, um, and this is all new technology, new code. 
So these codes are being deployed, these in the smart contracts, which is what Ethereum, Polkadot, and Cardano are all going to be smart contract platforms. Solana is another one. I believe it's in the top 15. It's number 13 right now. Um, so, and then Maddox, number 15 with Polygon, who we're talking about right now as well. So they have kind of solved that issue by basically they're built on top of Ethereum security. So they're using all of Ethereum's nodes, but then they're basically a layer two branch off where they're using different technology, whether it be a plasma SDK rollups. Um, once again, this gets technical. Um, so do some research on this, these things again. But right now what it's, what this, what, the, what it's solving is your transaction issues. So if you want to interact with a, with a platform, say you want to, it's called a, a decentralized platform that Ave is another good example. Ave is one of the leading ones. Well, it migrated, it, it basically, uh, now is on top of Ethereum. You can do it on base layer Ethereum, or you can do it on Matic. So they have yeah. separate. They have a separate like pools for lending, borrowing, uh, different different things you can do on their platform. So if you lend out crypto on the platform, you get paid a percentage. Um, you know, once again, it's like a you know it depends on the the coin and whatever it is that you're trying to loan out. But you can loan out, and then you can borrow against that stuff as well that you have on the platform. So it basically takes away the the need for a bank. Um, yeah, that's especially awesome. Especially yeah. as it grows. Um, and especially it basically gives financial, DeFi gives financial inclusion to things that people never have uh, access to, especially people that don't have regular documentation in third world countries or uh, people that don't have um, access to um, an ID, <clears> or, you know, an actual, you know, anything of those nature, like they can't get a bank account. Well, the yeah, the crypto helps you get that wealth, and then this system allows right. you to use that wealth without having the exactly. bank barriers and all those traditional exactly. barriers as well. That's okay, right. and then mobile mobile phones. Everybody in the like, you go to you, you, and there's a there was a place in Africa where I don't remember the exact spot, but they were using mobile phone minutes as currency. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So because their currency was worthless, and so mm -hmm. they were able to use their mobile phone. Well, they you know, that right there shows you like that, the anything has value. It's, yeah. it's if you value, um, the intrinsic value of something is, uh, is in the eye of the beholder. And so with, um, so yeah, so basically these are the ones with the layer two solution. We're talking pennies or less wow. than less than pennies for transactions. Like, oh, okay. I thought you meant they cost. No, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> point, like point zero, 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 two, three, one to do a transaction. Like, awesome. so I've been experiencing with what I hope will be DeFi Summer 2.0 on the Polygon network. Um, so, talking about the big movers right now, Mark Cuban just invested in Polygon. Mark okay. Cuban just sent out a blog a couple of days ago talking about DeFi and how he believes it's going to change the world. So, follow the big money, follow big yeah. movers. Don't ever listen to what the media says the big money is doing so they're going to say like goldman sachs says that bitcoin's in a bubble and then you see goldman sachs just hired 400 employees to trade <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. uh, amazon is uh looking they just uh put up a, a post that was uh for on indeed for a literal blockchain person to come work for them you know what i mean so it's the, a lot of companies have been putting those up. Um, so once again, if you follow what they're actually, what the big money is doing and not following the narrative of, you know, the not following that narrative from the mainstream media that they want to push out is that, oh, Bitcoin's this, Bitcoin's that. It's, you know, environmental, it's environmentally unfriendly, which has been proven many, many times. Yeah. Uh, China's going to ban it. I swear, yeah. China bans Bitcoin every, every year. On, on the same day. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> there's no banning it. There's no getting around it. Um, one thing I did want to mention too is like for the viewers is like uh, this couple of weeks ago, El Salvador uh, decided to name Bitcoin a legal tender. This is oh. really big. This is the first. So right now, Bitcoin is basically like property. It's considered like a like an asset. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's not um, it's not considered a a, a currency in, in America or anywhere else besides El Salvador now. Um, so what this really does is it opens up that it opens up to where we, we're seeing the adoption of Bitcoin um, as what it was meant to be, which is a which is a reserve currency. Mm. Um, whether or not that happens, um, uh, some people believe that Bitcoin will just become the rails that we use to 
basically the money will be backed by Bitcoin, but we'll have the stablecoin dollars on top of it, on top yeah. of the Bitcoin network, or, or or even on top of the Ethereum network, which is where they already are. Um, and that's what we'll use, uh, you know. But Bitcoin being adopted by a country as legal tender means that any with any company there has to accept Bitcoin for payment. So mm-hmm. uh, they can choose to to take the Bitcoin itself, or they can choose to immediately have it turned into what's called uh, or turn it back into fiat um, yeah. if they want. Um, and not only that, but they're also looking at green ways, uh, renewable energies, which we were talking about with Bitcoin. Well, right after the president of El Salvador, after they passed this bill, he jumps on Twitter and gets in a Twitter space with a couple of really prominent people called, uh, one named Nick Carter. And then, uh, Anthony Pompiano was in there. He's another big, um, Bitcoiner. And they, and then 20,000 people jumps in, jumped into the space and they were listening kind of like a clubhouse is what Twitter spaces is. Okay. Um, yeah. I didn't know about it until I saw it. Uh, when literally it was like space. I was, what is this? And I figured it out after it was all said and done, but, um, they were in there talking about green energy and things like that and my, and how they have, uh, how they use geothermal energy from volcanoes. There's a lot of volcanoes in El Salvador. So he called his engineers the next day they went down, they drilled a new well and you can see on that video, like, uh, all this like stuff shooting out and it's water vapor, hundred percent renewable energy, uh, geothermal yeah. energy that they are going to mine Bitcoin on volcanoes. Damn. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, crazy. You know, uh, things like that. Um, and like, this is like, so like the FUD is like fear, uncertainty and doubt. Like if you pay attention to what you're seeing, um, in the news lately, like, uh, the Bitcoin price is getting pushed down from different FUD here and there, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, but the follow their money, follow the, follow what's really happening in the world. This is adoption. Yeah. This is on the step to mass hyper coinization is what they call it. Half, or hyper Bitcoinization. Uh, where we take off. Um, and so, I, like I said, within a five to 10 year span on Bitcoin, and, and this could be sooner, we could be in what's called the super cycle. We just had a big 50% downturn from the all-time highs of 65, and we dropped all the way down to 30. Um, it's where we touched. We touched 30 once, and then we hit 31 twice. Um, and so we've bounced up pretty hard from those, and we've already, we're back up to 38.6 as of right now. We were in the 40s yesterday. There's a potential we could see another minor dip to try to get people out, which I think we just saw, to be honest. I just refreshed the page and we're back up to 39.1. So that could have been that last little shakeout, fake out dip before we take our next leg up back into what I believe to be 40, high 40s into the 50s. Um, and then if we break, once we break 60, the next, this next time, I think that we're going to 70 to 80 mm-hmm. uh, for Bitcoin. Um, so. Uh, this could be something that we kind of see happen. We might not see a big bear market, like a two to three year 2018, 2019 bear market that everyone saw after the really highs of 2017 when Bitcoin shot to 20 and then went right back down to, you know, I think it went back down to 4,000. Damn. Oh, wow. Oof. You know, people, and this is the thing that a lot of people that bought back then um, that bought the high. Yeah. Panic sold out. Right. Mm-hmm. So as they, 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 they were like, oh, man, it's never going to go down. They start buying at these high levels, whether it was 18 or 19 or 20 K. And then, boom, OK, they just lost a lot of that capital. Right. So yeah. I always tell people the smartest thing to do is to dollar cost average, dollar cost average into Bitcoin and Ethereum. Both. I, I do both. Um, and then I uh, dollar cost average into Cardano for my mother. Um, I picked that one for her, you know, just something. Yeah. she also has Bitcoin and Ethereum, but. I added one for her as well, like that I think is going to be a good mover later on down the road. Um, okay. I mean, I, I own Cardano and Matic and uh, different things of that nature. Um, but whenever you, uh, if, for Bitcoin Ethereum specifically, dollar cost averaging into these projects has always, always seen a return. Um, you will all, uh, basically what that means is you set a certain amount. You can do this on Coinbase, Gemini, most of your major exchanges allow you to set this up through your bank account so every, yeah. every day every time i get paid it takes out this much for bitcoin this much for ethereum and it just does it automatically i don't even have to do this it just automatically would it, just like if it was a a bill you have to pay you know automatic auto bill pay type style so it's going to just withdraw right out of your account buy bitcoin buy ethereum and you're good to go and i say dollar cost average and don't even um you know if you're not 
looking to really get deep down into the crypto world at this moment you're just really looking for somewhere to put some cash that you want to that you don't want to uh devalue from inflation um so if you're looking for uh basically that safe haven asset bitcoin is the way to go um and full full on full force bitcoin um and just dollar cost average don't even look at daily price um don't sell your bitcoin that's what they want there's only 21 million and then after that not only that there's probably there's estimates of three to five million being lost and what being lost means is that they're in a wall forever nobody has access to yeah forever um so we're actually looking closer to like a 18 million to 16 million dollars yeah. or 16 million bitcoins that will ever be created that will ever be in circulation and who knows more people might lose their bitcoins too so it becomes a scarce very 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 scarce asset very very quickly um every four years there's what's called the having event drops it down and it drops down the mining rewards uh that yeah. the miners get for their bitcoins so it was 12 after the having it dropped down to six the next having it drops to three and then so on and so forth as you go down. And then I can't remember the exact year uh, when the last Bitcoin will be mined, but I think it's 2035, if I'm not mistaken. It might even be, it actually might even be longer than that. But um, but that, that, that's basically what we're looking at as a deflationary asset, something that can't be created out of thin air, like paper fiat money, um, constantly, what they call helicopter money, just printer go burr you know <laughs> so that's uh, never good <laughs> i do have a question in terms yeah. of i know you just want a dollar cost average for people but then someone was saying and i know it's like kind of obvious is say you bought like i got in at like 31 32 and you're just you know slowly investing and then it goes up into the 70s should you not sell half of that and then so, so start slowly is, reinvesting again so my only so dollar cost average out as well so okay. not only can you dollar cost average in, but you can dollar cost average on the way up. Mm-hmm. So um, I wouldn't say to go pull half right at 70K. Don't set like an arbitrary number of that nature. Just do the yeah. same. Take, say, you know, you were putting 200 in as it was as it was lower. And, you know, and then as it goes up, as it goes up, take out, you know, take 100 back into it. And then just do that. So that way, when it does dip, you have, you have um, reserves on the side, what we call it, what I call dry powder. You have dry powder uh, cash, you know, on the sideline to buy the tip, um, but continue to dollar cost averaging as well. Um, and that's just because uh, it's so hard to time. As that. your dollar cost averaging out, dollar cost average in as well? Yeah, I never, okay. I, I never, um, yeah, I, I will always dollar cost average in. I will never not dollar cost average in. And I mean, I, I will, I personally don't think that I will sell any of my Bitcoin, even at the top. Um, really? Even, um, I might sell, like I said, doll, I, I will dollar cost average out a little here and there. But for me, my the is, I don't want to I don't want to lose any of my bitcoins. I, I see what you're saying because it's a long term game, so you right. you deal with the ebbs and flows. And, deal with the ebbs and flows instead of yeah. trying to time the market because like I, before this last dip, I would have told you we're going straight to the moon. Um, mm-hmm. All the fundamentals look good. Uh, people are still you know everyone was still hype. You know what I mean? Uh, I did see some top signals, if you will, uh, everyone aping into Shiba Emus and stupid coins like that have no value and have trillions of dollars that they can be printed at any time. Like it's just like our money. It's just it's it's frustrating for somebody who believes in this technology, believes in the future. And then you see even even yesterday, Coinbase listed Shiba Emu. Like there are so many projects out there in this world that are changing the world and and making things better that should be listed on coinbase way before a meme coin like they're just money hungry too it seems at the moment they they used to to get on coinbase you had to be a very very vetted valued project and now they're listing dogecoin and shiba coin instead of listing coins that have high prop value they just listed polka dot they just listed one of the number nine coin on coin market cap. They just listed Polkadot two days before this. Wow. So it took me, that long. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and so for me, it's like, eh, you know, I, I see the, the meme stock craze. So I, I mean, I see from a business standpoint why you would do it. It's high trade volume. Uh, yeah. Trade that coin like crazy. And they get percentage so off of all the trades. Yeah. Trade. So it is a business and they'd have to run a business. I understand mm-hmm. it. But at the same time for the crypto future and world, like I, I think that it should have, it, it, there should be some limits to what you're doing here. Like you shouldn't be promoting shit coins. That's what they call shit coins. Yeah. 
now a lot of Bitcoin maximalists will come out and say everything's a shitcoin, but Bitcoin and Ethereum has no value. Uh, you know, BNB has no value. You know, whatever Polkadot has no value. They, they'll say that they're just uh, crazy maxis. Um, I love a lot of maximalists. I watch a lot of their podcasts and listen to a lot because they do have great Bitcoin knowledge. Uh, however. Uh, they're sleeping on the rest of the stuff because ETH is not meant to be Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not meant to be Ethereum. Bitcoin is meant to be a store of value and a monetary policy. If ETH is meant to be the decentralized web, it's meant to decentralize the internet, get us away from Google's power, Facebook's power, Twitter's power, uh, you know, Amazon's power. It's, it's yeah. meant to decentralize our world. Uh, and so, and that, you know, Cardano and Polkadot, these are what they're aiming to do as well because they are once again, uh, smart contract platforms that you can literally build on the D web is what they call it or web 3.0 uh, web yeah. 3.0 is a big narrative. So. All right. I know you said Goldman Sachs too, we're gonna, and Amazon hiring all these day traders. And you already said you'd recommend that regular people just do dollar cost average investing in, right. but I feel like, and then I was in Miami, there was a crypto conference in the Bitcoin con and all these people are day trading and want to get everyone into day trading. Do you recommend anyone day trading? Only if you're going to learn it. Um, only if you're going to spend the hours and hours of time it takes to learn how to day trade. And uh, most of t technical analysis, which is what day traders use charting. Uh, yeah. TA is a, is a, a, abbreviation for that but technical analysis you're reading past chart history you're finding patterns within these charts human psychology plays in. yeah so the only thing with the, with the day trading is is you have to be super smart um mm -hmm. you have to be very risk adverse so if you're going to day trade you're going to put in you're going to you're going to put in a buy you know you want to buy a high it's going you think it's going to go up you know yeah. so you you know you buy and then as it goes up and you sell and then as it goes back, you buy more again because you buy with those profits. And you just kind of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But it changes so much, isn't it, within like minutes that you have to? Yeah. Well, it's highly volatile. And there's, well, there's different time frames too. So like there's, you can look at a one minute chart. You can look at a five minute chart. You can look at a one hour chart, uh, a day chart. So swing trading is something that's done on a higher time frame scale. So you're looking more of like out like a week. So okay. you think that it's like, okay, if it hits here and then I think it's going to go here in a week and that's when I'll sell, you know what I mean? And then when it drops back down, I'll buy more back and forth, back and forth. The issue with this is, is that the crypto market is volatile. Like you said, it changes so quick, so fast. And that's what I was trying to say a second. Like I would have told you to go all in on your, on Bitcoin at 55 K 50 K I'd have been like, Hey, keep pumping money in, you know? And then we drop it very, uh, because of, the narratives uh yeah. so that's the thing is you just never know where the market's gonna go it's small this is not like stock market day trading um you know the stock market's regulated highly highly regulated uh, as we've seen with them turning off buying from you can't buy gme mm -hmm. you know hey we're, we're shutting off you can only sell it you know things like that so it's, it's nice that we still are in a free market style um uh, but i do see the future is it's going to have to be regulated um there's going to have to be ways to stop these whales and these big money players from manipulating the market as much as they do. Um, so for me, I, I say stay away from day trading unless you're going to learn. Um, now, uh, they say 90% of traders are, are not profitable. 90% of the traders will get wrecked uh, because they trade on high leverage or, you know, this and that. So if you want to learn, like there's multiple, multiple things you can get out there. You can learn chart patterns. You can learn all of those different things, but just to jump in and not really know what you're doing and just think that you can read a chart and that you know where the price is going, uh, I would highly say don't do that, especially with leverage. Um, there's a lot of YouTubers that push leverage trading out there, like Bybit links for bonuses and CMX links for bonuses. Well, they get money from your trades as well. So all of these traders out here that are telling, there's probably a good amount of YouTube traders that don't even have to trade that much anymore because they make money from all of your trades when you get wrecked. So, um, you know, that's one of those things is just be careful. Um, you know, obviously not financial advice, just do what you want. Um, and, you know, if that's something you want to learn, I mean, you can become a profitable trader. It, I mean, it's obviously been done. There's people that trading desk all around the world. Um, you know, people are day traders. Um, it's there. It is out there. Uh, but for the beginner, highly, highly recommend not doing that. Just go with an investment portfolio. Um, and you don't have to just stick with B Bitcoin and Ethereum. These are just the main two. Um, you don't even have to stay in the top 10. Um, you can, you know, you can throw, like like for me, I threw 175 bucks into Matic a year ago. It went up to 20K. I took off 10K profit. 
And then yeah. I've used that ticketing on the actual Polygon network to make more money because mm-hmm. I'm actually using their apps and I'm involved in the ecosystem. I actually yeah. just got into two pre-sales this week. Like I got to buy before other people got to buy at lower cost. And then as soon as it's launched, it just skyrockets, you know? Um, but and, I mean, it stables itself out. And like, for me, I'm still using this platform. So I didn't like buy the token and then dump the token. What I am, I'm, I'm using these platforms and trying to mm-hmm. learn as much as I can about the decentralized world, yield farming, how to generate interest, you know, how to just these high APRs and APYs that are just going to pay you out, even in stable coins. Like this is what I'm kind of saying where the future of finance and the future of, of kind of the, the whole money world is, is almost, it's almost a bit, it's going to be the biggest value transfer in history. I think um, it, uh, most people don't know about this stuff, but uh, the more and more you dive in and learn, the better uh, knowledge you can get and you can jump in and start doing some of the crazier gambling things if you will but for me i'm really comfortable doing some of these things like putting four grand into something or three grand into something right now because i made those profits yeah um, i'm not in my opinion i'm playing with the house money now um you know i started with 3k and went up to 30k and then after this stuff i went down to i've been hovering around the 27 26k you know still um, yeah that's security uh, right there yeah you know what i mean so even with the big dump. I, I, I took profits on the way up. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's one thing is like, I got, I, I timed, <laughs> I timed that sell perfectly. It just happened. I mean, I got lucky. I'm not, you know, I don't want to say, you know, cause I didn't know that we were going to drop from, I didn't think Matic was going to drop from 250 down to a dollar again, you know, ever. <laughs> I was riding the euphoria, but I was like, yeah. Hey, it's probably time to take some profits. You know, um, I, I'm 20 K up. I should probably yeah. at least take half of that you know, to secure myself, you know, because there's nothing worse than going up to 20K and watching it go back down to 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watching 10K melt away, you know. Yeah. So you have to understand realized profits are important. Mm. Uh, you have to take profits on your way up. Um, you know, it just, it's just, it, you don't have to. I, I, I shouldn't say that. With Bitcoin and Ethereum, you don't have to. Yeah. Like I said, I personally don't know if I'll sell any of my Bitcoin position at all. I'll just keep adding to it because okay. I see us going to 550 to a million dollar yeah. coin five to 10 year span. And a lot of people yeah. see it. it's not just me. This is experts. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones just came out and said that it, Paul Tudor Jones is one of the biggest investment minds in the world. He's billions and billions of dollars. Um, and he's one of those people that Wall Street listens to. Traders, investors listen to him. He was on yesterday on one of the shows and he said, uh, so when he first got in, sorry, when he first got in, he said, allocate one to 2% of your portfolio into Bitcoin. That's what I'm doing. He said, I have 1% of my entire portfolio into Bitcoin, which is for him, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe billions. It might, it might have even been a billion dollars. I don't even, I don't know how much is really worth, but 1% of his net worth was in Bitcoin. Well, he just came on yesterday and said, with what the Fed is doing, I'm going to re- he's like, people ask me all the time, what, how should they diversify their portfolio? He said, I'm doing 5% Bitcoin, 5% gold, 5% commodities. And with the rest of it, or he said 5% cash to have on hand. And then he said, with the rest, I don't know. It depends on what the Fed does. I'm paying attention to what the Fed does, you know, because they're manipulating the markets themselves um, by printing money and just giving it to the high net worth people. And then that's what's happening right now is the stock market is not worth what the stock market is worth. Yeah. housing we're gonna see another crazy crazy and all these people buying houses it is about lumber, to go yeah lumber prices and steel prices and i mean it's just it, it, what we've done is created another huge big problem mm-hmm. for, yeah. the, for time to come and so i do really feel like bitcoin is that answer for your for your safety now the rest right. of it go in and play go in and have fun and yeah. find a good project invest in it and then Maybe in a year's time, you know, you'll you'll have a good amount of money. Um, and I'm hoping now that like the more I've dived in and finding out how to get into some of these like you know pre-sales and using these different DeFi applications, you know, uh, to generate yield. I mean, we're yeah. talking four percent. I'm more, I'm I'm earning two percent a day on U.S. dollars right now. Two percent yeah. a day using the Polygon network, using yeah. Polycat Finance. So if anybody wants to go research Polycat Finance. Iron Finance, Iron Dot Finance, and um, those those two right now um, for sure. And then once you get into those, you could probably you'll probably see other other ones that you can research and see what they're doing. All these new projects on Polygon and all their. So one of the ones that I got into uh, is called the token is called Omen, but it's not even on Coin Market Cap. Like so, these ones aren't even on Coin Market Cap right now. So it's like I can't even 
like really tell people to go after these are degen projects these are this this code was deployed yesterday you know oh my gosh like that kind of stuff like you know like so you know there's always the potential for hacks and and losing Mm -hmm. money you know whatever that's the risk you have to take so you always invest what you're willing to risk especially when you start going down your coin market capitalist into the thousands uh, you know coin number 1020 or you know whatever i don't even know what that coin is but yeah, that's a know, fucking that's, risk yeah <laughs> that it is a risk you know and so when i find a good like when i do find these risky projects it's you know what are they doing different you know mm-hmm. it, like looking at the making sure the code has been audited or at least the audits in process. And like, what the good thing about this though, too, is that it's open source code. So GitHub is where they put where every project posts all their codes. So you will, you can go like, if you're a programmer, if you're a developer and you understand coding languages like Solidity and different coding, you can go in there and go look yourself and look at the code and be like, oh shit, like that, I, that doesn't look like it. You can go in Telegram and ask the devs, hey, I saw this in your code. I don't think that the, you, this could possibly be an exploit. You know, I've seen that happen in Telegram. And then, and then the dev is like, thank you so much. We, we overlooked that. And they go in and they fix it before launch. Yeah. You know, different things like that. Um, you know, and so it's a big, it's a big open community. Uh, people are toxic too. I mean, you're wrong. Um, and some of these pre-sale things, there was, there was issues, um, you know, like some of the contracts that got deployed weren't right. And the decimals were off in some places. And so they had to go back in and fix some things. Uh, so like That's when, not good. Right. It's not good. But then they compensated. So not yeah. only were none of the funds lost, they compensated. The main dev of the project gave out uh, $70,000 worth of uh, USDC, which is a stable coin, yeah. and uh, the actual token that they were launching, which was called Omen. Um, and he took a... And he just airdropped it into everyone's wallets that had participated in either of those contracts. Oh um, man! So that right there to me showed this is a team that I can trust. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they they fixed it. They understood what was happening, and then they made it. They made compensation for it. Um. So there, that's the thing, though. There's you're gonna find some some of these people don't give a shit, and they're just trying to mm. rip money. You know what I mean? They're just trying to literally get you to invest your money, and then they won't even. And then when they launch, there's an exploit that drains all the liquidity pool. And you find out that it was actually in the code. The founders could do it, you know. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of things when you go on the DGen side. When I say DGen, I mean degenerate, like degenerate gambler. <laughs> uh, when you go down that rabbit hole, especially that rabbit hole, only invest what you're willing to lose. Um, yeah. It's a high risk investment. You know, you got to look at what's what's your risk tolerance. You know, what am I willing? What can I live without? You know, especially when you're starting to invest. So like that's why I think Bitcoin's a great savings account. Instead, like if you're putting away a hundred dollars every two weeks into savings, cut that in half, put 50 into cash and put 50 into Bitcoin. Yeah. And then not only that, honestly, you could take that 50 cash, put it in US stablecoin and get 9% interest on it on multiple platforms. Multiple platforms are giving yeah. stablecoin interest in the nine to 12%, you know, and that right there for just, just for somebody who has, 20 grand in the bank that's slowly melting away in value because yeah. everything is going up to fight inflation, which is actually probably 12%, um, not two or four, uh, not even close. It's probably going to be 12, 15% on a next yearly basis. Mm-hmm. So go in and go in and put that, that dollar, put that into a, a platform that's going to get you yield at nine to 12% and your purchasing power won't drop like everybody else's will that, do, that doesn't put their money to work. Nice. U.S. stablecoin is that how easy is that to withdraw? Uh, so it's so like the savings. It depends on what you're doing. So it depends on the platforms you're using. Um, but uh-huh. you can you can with Coinbase, um, you can literally withdraw. You can sell it back into regular fiat cash, and it's one to one for the dollar. So it'll be the exact there's you know exact amount. Okay, all right. And I yeah. don't believe there's any fees on Coinbase with trading through stablecoin. I don't don't hold me to that. I just don't think there is. Um, and then you just literally transfer that back into your bank account. Um, and now with our current banking system, it does take, uh, you know, yeah. what it takes three days, I think, for uh, a money transfer, that. you know, yeah. some, something crazy. We're in 2021 and yeah. I can cash app you right now or I can Venmo you right now or I can send you Bitcoin or Ethereum right now um, instantly. But I, I can't transfer money from a bank to somewhere without. That's, it and, and that it is ridiculous. It yeah. is. It's insanity. It's insanity. We're, we're using 1970s technology and then in in the 20 in 2021 it's 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 absurd um but 
um, you know, the old guard never likes to change. You know, they, when the internet came around, they every all the old people were terrified. They're like, oh, it's not going to last. It's a emails are bad. And now look at where we are. We're zooming to each other, talking to each other on a on a screen across the, across the city. You know, we can do this across the world. You know, so that that's where I see this going too. Is is mass adoption and people are going to start using blockchain and not even know they're using blockchain. Um, right. I think that's where we're headed. And I, you've expressed a lot of this uh, when I finish up telling me just where's your passion for this market come from and uh, kind of like, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So I would say I'm a very libertarian leaning in nature, if you will. Ron Paul was one of my favorite people of, of all time. Um, him and his, his, uh, I'm, I, sometimes I even go back and watch his old, uh, Speeches, speeches in the house when he when he would speak in the house i mean he said yeah. some powerful powerful things and and that's really what what it showed me is that the federal reserve is not our government it's not a government yeah. agency it's it's five private banking families yeah. <laughs> that, that, that lend the country money um you know what i mean at, a, at an interest rate so that's pretty baffling to me how we allowed that to happen um and then nixon taking us completely off the gold standard um, so now our, that, that now the, the money was no longer backed by anything of intrinsic value. Um, so what gives our money now the power is what a lot of people say is uh, our money is by the gun and by oil. So the only reason that our money became the, what it became the reserve, the reserve currency of the world was because of our military might and because of uh, our uh, a bit and because of oil, because of oil sales. So we made everyone to dominate, oh, make them, but Henry Kissinger went and had all these Arab nations, and there was only, I believe, two of them that didn't sign, um, and that was Iraq and Iran. <laughs> Funny. Uh, but there was only two of these countries that didn't sign this treaty from Henry Kissinger back in the 60s or 70s, around that time frame, where they basically said that they would denominate all oil sales in dollar bills. Oh, so damn. They, you were, these Arab countries have only been selling their oil. In our currency. Well, and that's what the market became because they got the majority. So yeah. Iran and Iraq were doing that. Well, then they said they were going to stop doing that. Um, and then we went back into Iraq. So that's <laughs> yeah. once again, like I said, to follow the money, the big player mm -hmm. money in Bitcoin, follow the money in everything. Yeah. Go track down where all that money came from and what they're really doing. And then you'll kind of see the truth in the world, I think. And that's because money runs us. Uh, you know, we're it's crazy to me that we're the only organism on this planet that pays to live on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> we pay to survive. Yeah. We work. Our time is used, you know, instead it is what it is. That's more philosophical, but my passion yeah. really came from the fact that we are not on a gold standard. There's nothing backing our money except for military might. Um, and then, and, and a fossil fuel, all these green people out here anyway. Um, but uh, so for me, it was that was the, the 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 kind of like the spark that I had in the beginning. Um, yeah. Really, like I had precious metals. Um, I was into gold, um, and then uh, that turning point in the pandemic. Um, you know, everything fell, and then I just saw it just just the way I saw the world going, and what I saw was happening around me. And I was just like, I got to figure something out. Yeah. Um, I I don't have a net worth. You know, myself personally, like I yeah, I, 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 I was paycheck to paycheck, you know, dollar to dollar, like, you know, hoping, hoping mm -hmm. that I, you know, was just going to make it, you know, yeah. throughout the, you know, hoping that I could get into a good job that would hopefully start paying me more money with benefits and I can move mm -hmm. up in the world that way, you know, start climb that corporate ladder, if you will. Our American dream. Yes, uh, exactly. Quote <laughs> Our American dream. And so uh, whenever I saw, I really just, I mean, it just, it just clicked. So uh, I was working with a guy uh, at the time when all this happened, and uh, he was really big into. Uh, he was big into crypto, but he was he was more or less into what's called EOS, um, EOS, um, which uh, for me, uh, it's you'll see that coin on there on the on the market list. But for me, it was it's kind of a, a ghost chain is what they call that, which is there's not really that much development on the chain anymore. And if you look at block one, which is who created Dan Larimer, um, if you look at how they did what they did when they released their coin, um, a little pretty shady. They raised $4 billion. Oh my gosh. Uh, before wow. they even had a product. Um, and then used most of that to buy Bitcoin, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then now you just don't see any really progression from that chain, you know? So those, those there's bad actors everywhere in every market. 
Um, you'll see things like that. But for me, I was lucky because he was into this. He's talking to me about EOS and stuff. Well, I start actually doing my own research. I start diving in, watching every YouTuber I can find. I finally found the ones I like a lot, and I yeah. watch them daily. And then, you know, researching, reading articles, figuring things out. How do I buy? What do I do? And just really diving in head first. And then it really a lot of people will sell this is what the kind of nomenclature is in the community is uh, you come for the money but you stay for the tech and that's 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 where i'm at now mm. i know for a fact that i'll probably never i will never leave this space um i'm never going to completely cash out and be like oh i did it <laughs> cool. you know what i mean um for me i i will constantly be looking for projects to invest in and hopefully hopefully one day i can be somebody who gets in on a project that's on the ground floor. Yeah. And running one and X. Yeah. Yeah. I can be somebody that helps get, you know, the message out about what we're doing or something of that nature. Who knows? I mean, I don't really know what the future holds for me. Um, but I do know that it will have crypto in it. So, and it will have this industry blockchain industry will be in my future for sure. Um, yeah. I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you found the passion you're educating me and hopefully, you know, educating thousands of people in the future. Yeah, that's the goal. Education is key. Well, thank you, Brendan. Uh, I'll, I'll, oh, no, I'll have you on. A, see you in a couple of weeks. All right. Sounds good, brother. So I hope you enjoyed Brendan Easter's time on the podcast. Yes, he'll be having a couple of biweekly appearances before. Not to give out too much, but yes, we will be launching a crypto podcast on the Modern Network. So Brendan Easter will definitely be a part of that. So besides that, yeah, obviously invest in Ethereum and invest in Bitcoin for the long haul. And it's been hot all over this damn country. So get outside, find a friend with the pool, do something. You know, that, that's my only advice to you. Get out there, you know, stay, stay cool and listen to this podcast. Listen to the Modern Network because we have Brianna Donnell with the Modern Woman podcast every Monday. And then we got Fargo Watch Party with me. And Stephen Merriweather. Besides that, y'all have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. That's it for JD Farrell. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review. Check us out, themodern.fm. <laughs>